0: Lord Jesus, good morning. Thank you for this beautiful Wednesday morning. You guys have the gift of watching the sunrise again. Thank you for this gift that you've given us this Wednesday, Lord. And the gift that we have of, of friends and family, um, as Justin and I were just talking about, Lord, we're thankful for uh, the blessings that you've given us. And uh, whether guys are listening now, guys and gals are listening later, we just ask you to meet them where they're at. And just for your Holy spirit to speak words that are encouraging and equipping to them. I thank you for Justin and Shelly and all the kids and his extended family. And just ask you to continue to bless him um, and equip him for uh, the mission that you have in front of you. We love you. Amen. Justin, thank you for leading. Amen.
1: Yeah. Thank you, Jerry. As we were talking, it's uh, the verse in Hebrew says we need encouragement daily. You know, it says encourage each other daily. And so it's so good. Uh, to be encouraged to hear other people's faith walk and journey and what's stirring in their hearts. And tonight, today, I want to just chat about this verse that's in the old Testament in the 10 commandments and then reiterated in the new Testament a couple times, but it says, honor uh, your mother and father, uh, so that the days may be long in the land that the Lord is giving you. It's just a really fascinating deal of what it means to honor your mother and father, especially now if we're adults, right? It's a whole different question when you're a kid, you know, it's more about obey your parents, right? Yeah. But when we become adults, it's more about what does it mean to honor your mother and father, right? And then Ephesians, it repeats this command. And then it even says, this is the command, the first command with a promise associated. So it will go well for you. And I know, and I think it's And I think we have to even take a step back in our culture, and we live in a merit-based culture Mm -hmm. versus an honor-based culture, right? So if there's this article here that a friend of mine wrote this, I think is really helpful. It says, by merit-based, I mean that we generally give our respect to someone based on things like accomplishment, skill, and or intelligence, We honor a school teacher more if they are a better teacher. We honor an athlete more if they are better than others in their sport. We elect leaders after long periods of campaigning and trying to convince the public why they are the best candidate. We honor them more if they do what we want them to do. Conversely, in a monarchy, the title generally goes to the next in the royal line. Even if they are a child, This makes no sense to the modern democratic man, but the difference is significant as we attempt to understand how the kingdom of God operates. God bestows authority to people that don't deserve it. You don't become a perfect father and then get kids or become a perfect husband, then get married. A wife should submit to her husband, not because he deserves it, but because God gave him the authority. Children should obey their parents, not based on whether they agree with the command, but because their parents are an authority. Mm. Jesus himself submitted to his father's authority. The kingdom of God is an honor, not merit-based culture. Mm. And a profound example in scripture is David and Saul, right? So David was anointed to be king uh, and kind of under Saul for a long period of time. And Saul was out to kill David left and right and do everything bad. And David responded uh by just honoring him. And it says David gets this wholeheartedly. He was resolute in honoring God and others. He would not speak nor act out of turn. Even the cutting of Saul's robe cut him deep to the heart. How could he even damage the robe of the king? Mm. Also, it's one thing to resist your own inclinations, but another when your loyal followers are goading you. His persistence to refuse the advantage and pressure from his men is not a sign of weakness, just to the opposite. Hmm. And so it's a really crazy thing when you shift your thinking. I know this has been a big, long journey for me. And I started very much in a merit-based culture way of thinking about how to interact with my parents and specifically my father. And we're in a really interesting time is because we have so much knowledge about parenting, you know? So when I came in to be a parent, I was over, had a lot of knowledge, a lot more than maybe my parents did. And then the scripture says knowledge puffs up. And so the unintended consequences was I felt superior to my dad, you know, mm-hmm. and wanted to change him and wanted to en- enlighten him with what I knew. And then coupled with the fact that we're in a culture that talks about how our father's words have wounded us and how that has affected our faith, which is true. But again, it just puts us in a position where we are kind of uh, superior or better than, a very unintended consequence. And I know that was in my heart, and I didn't even realize how aware it was. And so when I kind of just stopped trying to change my dad, which was ineffective and unhelpful for our relationship, and just switched my thinking to say, what does it mean to honor my dad? What, what does that mean? And I love how scripture talks about this. It says, gray hair, this is Proverbs 16, 31, gray hair is the crown of glory. Gray hair is the crown of glory. And we kind of think that, you know, blonde hair is the, you know, we dye our hair and we are ashamed of our gray hair, right? But in the Bible, it talks about gray hair as being a crown. It's a sign of something you would honor, something you would respect. Mm-hmm. And so that really started to change my heart and how we do this. And so we started to train our children differently instead of like getting in the car and complaining about this, that, or the other that my parents did or didn't do, you know, as my kids are listening, as I dishonor my father, you know, we just stopped doing those kind of things. Mm -hmm. And when my parents would visit or Shelly's parents would visit our kids, we trained them at a young age, and they still do this today to run out to the car to greet grandma and grandpa. We treat them as the heroes in our home. I don't want the sports figures or whoever the rock stars, whoever they might, I don't want those people to be the heroes in my home. I want my I want the grandparents to be the heroes. So if they choose to spoil them, you know, I say, good, I'll let you be the hero. Let my job be the tough guy. I'll be the one that makes your life so hard, you know? So you're going to want to spend time with grandma and grandpa when they go out and take you to do something nice for you, you know? And it's been a totally different experience. I remember my dad saying, well, you know, we might as well spend time with the kids when they're young because they won't like us when they're older. And I said, I don't. I hope that's not the case. And it's true. Turned out to be exactly the opposite. My mm-hmm. kids love love. We do a vision retreat every year, and they get to go stay with their grandparents. We split up our six kids and three and three, and they love. They cannot wait for this time, you know, uh, to go spend time with their each set of their grandparents. And we've just made it a culture of. Honoring them, you know, the highest reward is to get to go spend time with grandma and grandpa, and can and also if you disrespect them, that's a, one of the highest consequences in our home. Mm-hmm. They are deeply honored people, uh, and I remember just we just have done so many things like how can I make my dad the hero? My dad loves to buy cars and loves to negotiate, so when we needed a van. Uh, we were going out to buy a van for our family. You know, my dad said, can I help? And I said, oh yeah, this will be great. You know? And, uh, and if you know me, I'm not a good negotiator. I could, I fold easily. I get stressed out. I'm a people pleaser, you know, I'm terrible at this thing. Uh, So I brought Henry, my son, and it was like a six hour experience at Uh, the thing. I had literally had an ulcer at the end of this thing. My dad is so intense and such a good negotiator, you know? Mm -hmm. And at the end of this whole thing, we got whatever we have, uh, it seemed like a way better deal than I thought we could ever possibly get on this car. The salesman came out and said, looked at Henry. And he said, your grandfather taught you some good lessons today. You know, <laughs> kind of conceded my dad was good at what, he, you know? And so I just set him up to be the hero of that story. It was just such a cool, cool memory of how we did this. And even our last child we adopted. And when we named him, renamed him, we named him after my dad. And, you know, I really said, dad, In my life, I've had, you know, a lot of swim coaches who I thought were way cooler and better than you, you know, but none of those people are still in my life. You're still in my life. You're still investing in me. You're investing in my grandkids. All those people who I thought were so amazing are just not in our life, you know. And so it's this really even changed uh, this. We also do this with our adopted children we really feel like it's our job to help them honor their birth parents. Mm -hmm. And so we talk positively of their birth parents. When we see their birth families, we dress them up nice. We talk about this as a good positive event. We, we train them to, you know, And Because I really believe that's true. Honor your mother and father so it'll go well for you in the land that you're living. That's a true, I just believe and have experienced the truth of this. And this, you know, Jake, one step, and some of you guys are in youth ministry. It really changed how I thought about youth ministry. I was in youth ministry for a long time. And the goal of youth ministry was to be the hero of the kid's story. And I said, I don't want anymore to be the hero I want to set the parents up to be the hero. And so I did this crazy idea where I did this 11 week Bible study with the parents and the teenagers. And the parents were like, we don't have time for this. And I put them in the room with their kids and the, all the kids were like, dad, I want to do this Bible study with you. And, and of the four or five families there, they all folded, agreed to do this 11 week Bible study okay. with their kids. Uh, it was just so powerful and what happened. And, and they had kind of weekly, family discussion times. And at the end of this 11 weeks, I said, what was the most meaningful thing for you to the kids? Uh, And every kid said, talking at home about my faith with my mom and my dad and the parents were sitting there crying, you know? (laughs) And I said, wow, I just set the parents up to be the heroes. Wow. That's a different story than I had started in my youth ministry career. And I was kind of like bummed out. I was like, nobody said me. I, what, nobody mentioned me. What happened? (laughs) No, everybody and I said, Oh, that's actually good. You know, I set them up to be this. And I, I just realized I interpreted events so wrong in my life about my dad uh, with, I remember when my dad was, when I was, I was born with a cleft lip and a palate and I asked my dad about that once when I was younger, what it was like. And he said, you know, Justin, it was the worst day of my life, you know? And Mm I, I just interpreted that as like some wound, like I was, made my dad miserable, you know, whatever. But then my daughter, Layla, we went back through this journey with her. She was born with a cleft lip and a palate. And, uh, and when we were doing all these surgeries again, my dad just reached out to me and he said, you know, I'm, I'm crying right now on the couch, thinking about what you went through and what she went through and these, how tough this is, you know? And so I, he really cared. He may not have been great expressing it, but he really cared about me, and I sat on the couch crying. You know, I was like, "Oh my gosh, why, why did I believe that my dad didn't love me?" I, I you know, he was you know, not a perfect father, and nor am I. I've realized in parenting, good golly, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> As I think most of us get to this place, you know, we yes. think I'm like so humbled by this whole journey, you know. Yeah. And so there has been so much uh, that has happened and changed over the last ten years since we've adopted a different philosophy. Uh, which is really a biblical vision of honoring your mother and my father. If my dad asked me to do something, I just do it with joy. You know, I remember he was like, I think you should paint this trailer hitch on your van. I'm like, I don't care about that thing, you know, but I just did it to honor him, you know, and it was good. And I think he felt respected and and his heart has changed completely. When I was trying to change him, Mm. our relationship was getting worse and worse. And now we have an incredibly sweet relationship. A couple of years ago, he said, I'm thinking about buying some land so that grandchildren have a place to to run on the land. And I said, dad, whatever it takes for me to get behind that vision, I'm all in. (laughs) You know, this is your vision. I want to support this. And it's evolved. And Jerry, as you know, this summer, we built this cabin on this land. And I spent the summer working alongside my 77-year-old father on one side of me, my brother on the other side, and my 14-year-old son, on the other side, and it, it was an experience uh, that will never, any of us will ever forget. So my dad's from this old school of like, he's the hardest worker on the job at 77, you know, there's no idle time, you don't ever sit down, if there's a moment of, of breath, you pick up a broom and sweep a pile, you know, yeah. yeah, I have to chase him off the job site at the end of the night. And some nights I'm like, I got to go, and my dad's down there sweeping, you know, 77, yeah. he's just crushing me, you know, yeah. and it was a real gift to see that, just modeled for me and frankly for my children were watching the get to see that transference of thing. And he just super blessed all of us uh, in this whole thing. And it's a Proverbs 1322 says a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children, you know. And so we're seeing my dad just turn his heart towards his family and his grandchildren. Bless us. He like bought Henry a little motorbike to thank him for his five and a half months work on this cabin. I mean, it, it's been unbelievable. And so when we're wrestling through this thing, it's kind of the question is like, you know, especially we're talking about holiday season. You know, one of the questions we're wrestling with is what does it look like to honor our mothers and fathers? Uh, and that, that promise is true. So that it will go well for us even if they don't deserve it you know that's the beauty of an honor-based culture you know that's a good. biblical honor-based culture
0: yeah that's good uh just really quick Justin, that's so good there's so much there's so much there um i made uh three three specific notes one is that as a leader we can feel superior right as you're yes. as you're leading uh others in your charge it's very easy for me to feel uh, superior, prideful. Um, so I, t- I totally resonate with that. The second thing that's really inspiring, especially for some of the guys on this call, even the guys that work for me, like with, with me, like Jeff and Mark, many the gray hair guys, is, that it is a crown of glory, and um, um, and they model they model so many within our company. They model so many of the things that uh, that your fa- your father models as well. And then the last thing that I really encourage. Um, us to consider is the risk of, like, as a leader of the family. Sometimes, sometimes I feel Justin like I'm going to try to lead the family in the direction that I think it's going to be good for them, but it feels risky. Like, you know, what if my wife and my kids laugh at me when I say, "Hey, let's talk about you know something we're thankful for or whatever." There's things that that we as leaders in our family. Um, husbands, fathers, mothers, wives. There's things that we can, action that we might feel prompting to take, but it feels risky, Justin. And so Mm -hmm. I I find this morning's, um, your talk kind of challenging again, or Rick Meyer, you know, convicting um, to say, hey, what are some things that I feel like God wants me to lead in our family. And it just feels uh, a little risky or vulnerable. So mm-hmm. I'm going to explore that a little bit as well. So, Anyway, I appreciate you and your encouragement. I find this very encouraging this morning. And um, will you, uh, will you press into the rest of our Wednesday?
1: Amen. Lord, we thank you for your ways and, and your vision for honor. Uh, and God, I just pray you elevate that in our lives and our heart as we walk through today and this season Uh, Just bring that word, uh, your word and your promise
0: to fruition in our minds uh, so that we may follow that
1: in Jesus name.
0: amen. Amen. Well done. Love you guys. Love you, Justin. Thank you. Have a great day.